Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. happening yesterday and um i i couldn't believe i was seeing it from what was happening 
but we're going to try to deal with, it, deal with this the best way that we can. I'm, I'm actually stumbling. I don't know how I can't get out of the blocks today, but I need to get out of my own way. Okay, so first and foremost, we're going to go over the MLB. The postseason is underway. Um, a lot of interesting things are going down. Some tickets are stamped to get this thing rolling so we can head toward November and see how this World Series thing pans out. But the next couple of weeks will be very interesting because you don't know who is going to do what, so you know who. But the, the interesting thing is one of these stories that I'm going to talk about, humble pie for me. I'm, I, I'll take the whole pie. Forget a slice, forget two slices, forget half of it. I'll take the whole pie. You can smash it in my face. You can make me eat it, the crow, whatever you want me to do. I'm humble. So we'll, we'll talk about what happened yesterday. Um the Guardians played the Devil, well, the, the Rays. Let me just say it the right way. The Guardians played the Rays in a one nothing thriller. Fifteen innings of play to get a score hap- to happen in this game. The Guardians move on and advance out of the wild card, winning the series two nothing. The Mariners outlast the Blue Jays ten nine. Now this is the one where I'm eating humble pie, people. Seattle has advanced to the next round out of the wild card, winning the series two nothing in Canada. The reason why I say this is because I was one of the people here in Sports City that thought that the Blue Jays had that offense that could generate problems with teams and be able to be one of the teams in the thick of things in the postseason. I felt like the how do I say it? Like the ninety two, ninety three era of the Blue Jays was coming around. Thirty years, you know, I felt like that was gonna be here. Especially with the tear of like, you know, Bichette and Guerrero Junior, all of these guys. And they did their thing in this game and, and they were up with heavy margin. And the Mariners stormed all the way back to make this a game and win it in their building and steal two of them back-to-back. The Blue Jays, I, I think, going into next season, of course, I think the question mark is pitching. But for the way that they lost this series, is it, tough a tough pill for them to swallow. The next one, the Mets saved themselves, uh, beating the Padres 7-3, to in which the Padres had a shot late in the game, bases loaded, and um, – the out was actually converted to stop the bleeding because the Padres were looking like they were threatening. But the Mets got out of that, tying the series up 1-1. The rubber match is today, so we'll see how that goes down. And the last of these situations, another team on the road, and I'm eating a whole bunch of humble pie, the Phillies go into St. Louis and steal that series 2-0 in St. Louis. Um, This one hurts the worst, and I'm saving the best for last. I'm eating humble pie because I thought St. Louis would advance. Um, I thought the Phillies were having to bounce back because of Harper coming back to the Rockets. I didn't think that he would be what he is, and he's still that guy that you can't throw bull crap across the plate. And not saying that a lot of pitchers throw him bull crap, but this guy is a monster when he's on target. And um, he hit a bomb to help decide the situation, even though they shut the Cardinals out. Uh, the reason why this hurts the worst is because I do love and respect our pools and what he's done for the game. And um, this is probably the end of his career. And I'm thinking that the Cardinals could actually see him to like an NLCS or something like that. They got swept out of the building in their own home. Um, I know that they do have good offense there and look into the future and see how the Cardinals can be. But um, this this is an unfortunate situation while the Phillies advance and uh, let these people know that they're a legit team out of the NLE. Um, Mike, your thoughts on the games across the board, the four that were played yesterday. Uh, you can start from the Guardians game and the 15-inning thriller, the comeback by the Mariners, the Mets, and, and how they ha- they're hanging on, or the Phillies knocking off the Cardinals. 
Well, it's interesting that two road teams got it done. Uh, you know, the the home team is at a distinct advantage being able to play uh, all three games at home. I feel like that that's just more practical as far as, you know, travel purposes and everything, trying to get the playoffs, you know, in. And, you know, it does give you an advantage if you're the team with the better record, right? Like to be able to host those games at home. Um, listen, I – Louis Castillo pitched great for the car uh, for the Mariners in Game One. Uh, yesterday, what a comeback! I mean, like that's that's just impressive for Seattle. I'm excited for them, uh, being that they haven't had any playoff baseball in over 20 years. Uh, listen, I I think that Game Three of that series, you know, unfortunately they draw Houston, which is going to be a very very tough matchup. But I think that you definitely want to tune in and catch game three because I, I feel like that, that um, those fans are starved for a winner. And so I, I feel like that what you're going to get from this uh, Seattle fan base is going to be wild uh, once they get a home game uh, in the playoffs in game three of that series. Uh, as far as Cleveland-Tampa, man, 15 innings, one run. And it's, I feel like Tampa had – more opportunities to take this game than Cleveland. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, listen, Corey Kluber, former in, former Cleveland Indian, because that's what they were when he was on their team, you know, makes a mistake, and the rookie hits it out. So a rookie, Oscar Gonzalez with a home run in the 15th inning to pull that out. There were some pretty good defensive plays on both sides in that to save that. Um, but – you know, hey, good for them. Uh, Cleveland advances. They get the Yankees, and which should be very interesting in the next round. Uh, listen, Philly, I, I feel like St. Louis had the deeper pitching staff and the deeper team, but you're only as good as the next day starting pitcher, and I knew in a short series, man, uh, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler would be tough to handle, and both of them showed up. Aaron Nola, LSU, by the way. I got to throw that out there. Uh, but – uh, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler both pitched really well, and the Cardinals bats just picked the wrong time to go Coles. I uh, I was hoping to see Braves Cardinals in the next round. I wanted to see Pujols and and Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright at least get a chance to advance. So, like you said, I mean it's it's sad to see, but once again, the F- Philly hasn't won a playoff series in 12 years. You know, obviously it's been 14 since they won the World Series. So good for good for the city of brotherly love and good for the NL East to see them get there. Uh, as far as the Mets go, man, Scherzer pitched poorly in game one and the Padres jumped all over him. Uh, even had a Josh Bell sighting for one of the first times since he's been traded. Uh, last night, the Mets did what they had to do. They really worked Blake Snell deep into counts. He was in 70 pitches in, in the third inning. So uh, they were able to get into that bullpen and, and we see the results. So, Tonight, I mean, it's it's the only one of four to go to – th- I mean, yeah, it's the only one of those four series to go to a third game. So we have Chris Bassett and Joe Musgrove tonight in game three. Um, you know, we'll see uh, how that turns out. So one of those teams, uh, you know, will be playing the Dodgers uh, in the next round. So it's kind of exciting, man. At first I didn't know what I thought of it, but I, I kind of like the three-game deal. I I like it better than what they were doing before time where they had, you know, the wild card, the two wild cards, and it was just a one and done. You know, you win or you go home. So, you know, you at least have a little bit of uh, – a little bit more leeway there to at least try to survive and move on to the next round. So, 
it's it's been a good weekend of uh, of postseason baseball. I'd be curious to see what the ratings and things look like. It's kind of tough. I feel like going up against college football in the NFL. But at the same time, you got to get the games in. So we'll see. It should set up for some very interesting uh, series next week. Obviously, the Braves and Phillies are very familiar with each other. And then, um, you know, the the Padres trying to get a chance to slay the Do- Giant, which is the Dodgers in that division. And we'll see between them and the Mets what happens there. Okay, so who do you like in this rubber match between the Padres and the Mets? First, that that's the first question. Tell me why. Who do you like in this, the the game three? I'm gonna say the Mets because they're at home, and I think they're kind of riding some momentum. I I do think that they are the deeper, more talented club, but I mean, anything can happen in one game. I feel like uh, Musgrove and Bass and Bassett, both of the two starting pitchers today, have kind of been Jekyll and Hyde this year. Sometimes you get real good, and and sometimes not, but. I think the Mets are going to probably ride this momentum into the next round, but we'll see. Either of these teams, being the Padres or the Mets, survive the Dodgers? That is the big question. So I think the Mets have the better shot to beat the Dodgers. Listen, DeGrom was throwing lights out last night. Um, but for them to beat the Dodgers, they are going to have to have Scherzer pitch a lot better than he did in game one. Um, the the only way they survive the Dodgers though they'll have to get one of the first two out in L.A. and then if it's the Mets they would be coming back with uh, Degrom and or Scherzer and Degrom in games three and four in New York and not having to match up with Julio Urias. So I think the I I think that the Mets because of that starting pitching because of the depth of that staff probably have the better chance to survive the Dodgers or to get past the Dodgers in the next round. Uh, the Do- Dodgers absolutely pummeled the Padres this year. Uh, but, listen, it's going to be a tall, tall task for either one of those two teams. This is the work that is cut off for them. They're going to have to go to L.A. either way they figure this out. Um, the next one, just like you said, the Guardians play the Yankees. That's an interesting one because even in the history back to when before they were the Guardians, They've always gave the, the interesting series to the Yankees. Um, the Mariners and Astros, the way that the Astros have played, they've been the machine in the American League. Uh, this is going to be interesting because the Mariners stunned me, so I can't even talk junk like that. But the Astros are looking like the favorite to me in this situation. And just like Mike said, sure. the Phillies and the Braves, they're division rivalry, so they know each other. So this is going to be a pretty interesting matchup to see if the Braves defend this title or if the Phillies have had enough of hearing so many people pelt Bryce Harper uh, and what he could do with his organization. Because I think it's been a lot of, you know, him trying to get back into the swing of things ever since he's left the Nationals. And he's a great player. Um, but it just hasn't, like, I don't really want to even say karma. I don't think he deserves a karma situation. But, like, just just the, the luck that he's been involved in hasn't gone his way. So hopefully things could turn out in his favor uh, moving forward for Bryce Harper. And for him to pull this off and to go into St. Louis, Missouri, with that team and, and everybody kind of be like revved up to knock off the Cardinals and knowing the expectancy like myself, I thought that it would have been a storybook ending for the Albert Pujols is not what we're going to see. Albert's career probably has come to a close as of last night. Um, Mike, anything else that you would like to address with this before we get away from it? No, I mean, hell of a career for Albert second all time in RBIs, which is one of the most productive things that you can uh, judge a guy by. And, 
I will say this. I feel like that Bryce Harper, uh, listening to his post-game interview um, after that series, uh, I feel like that Bryce Harper has really matured some. You know, he's not the same young brass uh, brass guy that he was previously. Um, so, I mean, I'm happy for him. He is clearly the leader uh, of this Phillies team. And he, can't, I mean, obviously he took that mantra on with that, with that contract he signed out there. So, uh, good for them. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens in the next round. Definitely. So, um, good, good, you know, how do I say it? Like awesome, incredible career, Albert. I don't want to see it in, but I know that you've done enough for the sport of baseball and everything that you've done. I'm, I'm, I'll tip my hat. I, you know, salute you the best way that you possibly can. Hopefully this Cardinal team could hold on without you and keep this kind of mojo going. I know that that was something that they probably wanted to see you off the right way, but, um, nevertheless, the Phillies came in here and did not want to be subject to hearing, oh, well, we're the ones losing to Albert Pujols on this story, but we don't want to be that one that they, this is a stepping stone for him to keep going forward. So they shut the door and closed the book or, or actually wrote the last page on the Albert Pujols, how do I say, soccer, legacy, however I do that. Okay, so we are in the middle of the college football situation. Um and we are approaching the middle, and this is this is crazy. You get older, how fast time goes by. But we are in the, approaching the middle of October already. Already, the top twenty-five are as goals, and I'll, I'll try and do this as best as I can because there are a lot of storylines here from at least yesterday. Okay, so Alabama and a nail biter, and this has been going on since the summer up against Texas A&M. They win this matchup twenty-four to twenty. Uh, in which this starter, Bryce, did not play, and they still hang on to win this game in Tuscaloosa. The next matchup I have are the Georgia Bulldogs knocking off the Auburn Tigers, 42-10 to in a blowout. Ohio State in another blowout game. Wins their matchup up against Michigan State, 49-20. to Michigan takes care of business at the high noon game up against Indiana, 31-10. to Clemson wins their matchup up against Boston College, 31-3. to USC outlasts Washington State, winning that matchup 30-14. to Oklahoma State is proving they are for real, winning their matchup 41-31 to in a shootout. Big 12, it'll never let me down with a score like that. The Tennessee Volunteers, probably one of the stories of this season, knock off LSU 40-13 to when LSU got back into the rankings. They actually took care of business in Baton Rouge. Ole Miss wins their matchup up against Vanderbilt, winning the matchup 52-28. to People, let me tell you something. Early in this game, Vanderbilt was leading and making this a game. Ole Miss must have heard something, and next thing you know, it was lights out. This score got out of hand. Uh, UCLA knocks off Utah, 11-ranked Utah with the upset of the day, but this took place in Westwood, 42-32 to in favor of the Bruins. The Oregon Ducks win their matchup up against the Arizona Wildcats, 49-22. to South Carolina knocked off Kentucky 24-14, to and the funny thing about this is the head coach actually had a heck of a speech and put on some funny shades at the end of it, too, to let Stoops and those guys know that this was for real. But South Carolina, with an upset up against a ranked Kentucky team, a ranked at number 13. North Carolina State knocked off Florida State 19-17. to um, Wake Forest blows out Army 45-10. to Notre Dame, unranked, knocks off a 16th-ranked BYU, 28-20 in South Bend. 
TCU stops the run of Kansas, winning this matchup 38-31, to in which Kansas did lose their quarterback. So um, he's having a shoulder injury. We will see the timetable on how long he'll be out. Kansas State wins their matchup up against Iowa State in a nail-biter 10-9. Uh, interesting game within, you know, the Big 12. We finally see some defense. It's finally. Uh, Arizona State pulls off the unthinkable, uh, beating Washington, a ranked Washington Husky team, 45-38. to And this is after uh, the departure of Herm Edwards, too. So hopefully the Sun Devils can get this thing turned around and try to put more on the board in the win column than the loss column. Uh, Mississippi State knocks off Arkansas 40-17 to in a barn burner. And last but not least, rounding out the top 25, Cincinnati outlasts South Florida 28-24. to Mike, are there any of the games that you would like to discuss or go over? Because I do have a couple that I'd like to discuss. Mike, can you hear me? If not, I've got to try to figure out what's going on. No, you're good. Okay. I'm sorry. So- I, was talking on, I was talking on mute. My bad. Uh, <laughs> I missed the both of us sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. No, so let's see. The I guess I'll go ahead and hit my squad first. Uh, you know, that, that was a bad loss. I'm um, – I knew that Tennessee would win that game, uh, but LSU really didn't show up and compete. And that's even with the fans. I'm disappointed in LSU fans. Um, it wasn't very loud at times. Tennessee kind of made it sound like a, a like a home game for them. So um, I'm a little disappointed in the in the LSU fan base and the way that uh, they handle things. Listen, this is a this is a rebuild for this program. Edo lost that team, and they were down to, you know, a short number of scholarship players. So I, I expected Tennessee to win uh, this game. I thought maybe LSU would be a little bit more competitive. So, uh, but, yeah, that, that's disappointing. As far as there's a lot of uh, na- national media and there's a lot of uh, feedback, even Johnny uh, Manziel weighed in. There's a lot of controversy around that last play call. Uh, by A&M in that game with Alabama. Listen, they kind of they, – they survived, though, without their, their quarterback. Um, other thing I'll mention in, in the SEC before I move away from that is Mississippi State, after taking that loss to LSU to start their conference schedule, has bounced back with definitive wins over Texas A&M and Arkansas, and I thought those teams were, were going to be better than they have turned out to be. So good job by Mike Leach, Will Rogers, and and that Mississippi State Club uh, in pulling that out. Um, listen, Kansas, that offense still kind of uh, played well without their quarterback. It was, uh, you know, they were able to push TCU, TCU the and Kansas the last two unbeatens in that conference. So uh, good win by TCU yesterday. You're right about Oklahoma State maybe being for real. Um I think the the one thing, uh, the last thing in the SEC, the one cautionary tale that I would say for Ole Miss is they can put up a lot of points, but I think their defense has shown some cracks. Uh, listen, good win by Notre Dame bouncing back yesterday. And NC State, man, like that was a, uh, it was a close game, but NC State pulls it out, and I think they're getting uh, game day next week as NC State's going up to Syracuse. I think Syracuse is still unbeaten so far this year, so. Uh, up in, uh, not quite, but in your neck of the woods a little bit next week for game day and uh, up there. So those are the ones I would hit. Also, the uh, Cinderella slipper came off on Middle Tennessee State yesterday. They got hammered by UAB in an unranked game. 
but you know USC still getting it done. Ohio State, Georgia getting it. Georgia bounced back after a close game last week. They bounced back and played really well uh, yesterday. So good win for them. Uh, Ohio State right now, in, in my eyes, looks like the best team in the country. Uh, but we'll see as the season continues to unfold. Uh, Michigan taking care of business, uh, and then you know, hey, ugly game, Illinois and Iowa, nine to six yesterday. So those are the things that I that I would hit initially, and uh, you know, give it back to you and see what all you want to hit. Okay, now there is one game <clears throat> that um, we didn't talk. Well, there's two games. I'm I'm not gonna dodge the bullet at all. So I'll save the best for last. Um, Miami lost their game up against North Carolina, in which I have so much family in North Carolina that I have to deal with, let alone all of the people that are around me, let alone all of the networks that I'm involved with, whether it's Facebook, whether it's the barbershop, where, wherever I am, I got to deal with that state of North Carolina, and regardless of my, that's where my roots are. And um, this game actually took place in South Beach, in which there there needs to be questions. Um, I before everything started going down in I want to say December January when they knew Manny Diaz wasn't coming back, I really was after like Ed Reed or Ray Lewis. I'm like try to bring them there, you know. But they were after Crystal Ball. They got Crystal Ball there immediately uh, in January. I'm like, well, I got to roll with them. Uh, he got the first two games out of the way. I'm like, I don't want to be sold on this these two wins because they're they're teams up against you know, they're not big-time opponents. And once he's played a big-time opponent, he hasn't won a game since, not even against Middle Tennessee State. And that's one of those lower opponents, like the Bethune-Cookman win or the Southern Mississippi win. That, that That's a game that he has to have. You just heard Mike talk about Middle Tennessee State losing their Cinderella slipper and getting manhandled by UAB. So that tells you exactly where Miami is at this point. Now, don't get me wrong. Miami didn't make this a game up against North Carolina, but North Carolina had the lead from start to finish and basically were not letting this lead go. Their offense was clicking on all cylinders, whether they were running or passing the ball up against a freshman quarterback that actually had a a decent day. He did throw two picks that actually helped Miami get back into the game. But nevertheless, the question marks now are in front of Crystal Ball. I get it that it's going to have to take him some time to get this thing rolling, but he has some athletes now that can make things happen and change the the fourth of a game, or course of a game, excuse me. So I don't know what they're going to do, especially in the midst of the ACC, while this is their first conference loss. There's a lot of damage in the midst of this situation, especially leading up to, I want to say, like three or four weeks from now when they play Florida State, because Florida State has actually been losing some games now, coming back to earth, because the first couple of games that they had, they were on a, a euphoric run, uh, but now they are losing games. But nevertheless, I don't know how this, defense gets things figured out. Even offensively, even though they're missing Xavier Restrepo, you had Van Dyke throw for nearly 500 yards, and they only scored 24 points. And he threw his only pick in the game at the end of the game with like 10 seconds on the clock. I'm I'm baffled for that type of stat line to happen, for them to only have 24 points up against a defense that struggled so bad up against the likes of Appalachian State, where they gave up 42 points in a fourth quarter. I don't, I don't understand how this is happening. Crystal Ball needs to answer questions. I, I'm not letting that one get by. In the second game, I'm saving the best for last, like I said. I don't understand how this happened. This is a Big 12 game. I have always preached this in here for as long as I can remember, or even outside of the, uh, the kitchen. 
Um, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 don't play defense. But to see Texas come out and play defense, I'm stunned. To see Oklahoma lose and give up 50, I mean, it was 49 to nothing. But that's 50 points to me. If, okay, if they would have went for two and got two, I think they'd have got it. But 49 nothing to me, that's still 50 points. For them to beat you guys this bad, okay, this is the worst loss that they've suffered against Texas since, like, 1940. Uh, the first time they've been shut out since, like, the 1990 era. It was like it was. It's like a 311-game run that Oklahoma's been on actually taking care of business across the board. So it's baffling to see this happen in the Red River rivalry. Like, what what's going on in Oklahoma that bad? Like, that bad. Oklahoma wasn't projected to be this bad, but for Texas to come out and prove a point, like, I guess they could say they're the best out of the Red River rivalry for this season, which they do. They take the, the you know, the trophy home outside of this matchup. But, Nevertheless, I would have never thought this game would have got out of hand like this. Oklahoma is a school or university that can score the ball. For them to get shut out, I'm I'm stunned and still like trying to gather more information on what happened here. Um, Mike, anything that you'd like to say about the Oklahoma game before we get away from college football? Yeah, so the interesting thing to me about this game is Oklahoma hired a coach that hangs his hat on defense. Um, Brent Venable, uh, former defensive coordinator at Oklahoma, uh, was a defensive coordinator for the last several years at Clemson. So a guy that you would expect uh, his teams to at least play good defense. And I mean, maybe he doesn't have his guys in there, but I just, this is the worst performance I've seen from Oklahoma in any game in years. And you think about it, like they, they gave up 49 yesterday and didn't even crack the scoreboard. They gave up 52 last week to TCU. Um, I think they lost 52 to 24 a week ago, right? So um, it's, you know, Lincoln Riley left. He took some of his guys with him, or he got some of his guys to transfer and go out there with him uh, to to USC. And listen, it, it may be a little bit more of a rebuild, instead of a reload there um, in Norman to try to put things back together. And it doesn't get any easier for them as they're going to be joining the SEC in the next couple of years. So um, very, very interesting times uh, in, in Norman, Oklahoma, uh, as far as, I mean, I, I just didn't see this coming. I thought Texas had a shot, but I don't think anybody saw 49 to nothing coming. I mean, that that's crazy uh, to me uh, that they took, that significant of an L um, at the hands of the Longhorns. Uh, Texas has has lost that game several years in a row. Uh, So for them to come back uh, and and win like that and that decisively, uh, that's big for Sarkeesian and and Texas, man. I mean, because that's one of those rivalry games that they look for you to be able to try to win. Uh, And, you know, this is, the, like I said, the first time Texas has really won that game or really, and especially won like that. You said they hadn't beat them like that since 1940. Uh, but but they really haven't been, uh, there's a couple of exceptions, but for the most part over the last several years, they haven't really been on that same level uh, with Oklahoma. So uh, my, my, how, how things change uh, pretty quickly in the blink of an eye sometimes. But that's a, uh, that's a, that's a huge, huge uh uh, black eye uh, for Sooner Nation. 
Okay, so now we are in the midst of NFL Week 5 scores, prediction, things of that nature are about to happen. The caller number is 929-477-2759. We got you locked and loaded in this building. We complete this. We get to move on from here. We have a game underway at this point in time. And, of course, it wouldn't it, – it's just something about the NFC North. I think all of the games always have those, you know, those theater aspects to it. But the, the Packers are in a, an interesting matchup up against the Giants. They are up 20 to 13 in London. Um, you got, you got Roger doing it normal. Uh, he has at this point in time, two touchdown passes thrown. I needed one of them fantasy wise to Alan Lazard. The other one went to Lewis. Uh, Mercedes Lewis got a touchdown for a two yard pass. Um, and by the way, I had to pick up the kicker because my kicker I had was Matt Prater. Matt Prater is injured with a growing injury, so I'm wondering what Arizona does without Prater at this point in time. I picked up Crosby. Crosby has two field goals and two extra points, so that's helpful as well. As long was a 48 yards. Um, the Giants are making this interesting because the way that the the Packers got out, this this game started out 17 to three, and the Giants are making this a game and, and making this a one possession score. Hopefully they could stop Rodgers and get back into this thing. Daniel Jones at this point is 11 for 16, 115 yards passing, no touchdowns thrown. Um, you have Bellinger actually having a rushing touchdown. That's the lone touchdown that they scored. The other were two field goals. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on this game of what you have received so far, Packers and Giants, the Packers are up 20 to 13 before we get into the scores. Well, the first thing I will say is uh, I was getting no production out of my tight end in our Barbershop Fantasy League, so I go get Robert Tanyan from the Packers, and sure enough, the touchdown goes to the other tight end. So um, that's just my luck today <laughs> uh, as far as that goes. But, listen, the Giants have been uh, competitive this year. They're, they're doing well, 3-1. and one. Uh, This is a this would be a huge game if they could somehow find a way to get it. Uh, you know, I picked the Packers in this game and figure that uh, that team's good enough to win. But, you know, an, another interesting game in London. At least they're uh, they're getting a show and a, and a, a competitive game. Uh, so I, I think that's good for, for the NFL. Uh, since Saquon's been good this year, uh, as you said, Aaron Rodgers is doing his thing. So, you know, we'll see how that game uh, how that game wraps up. But wrong wrong tight end. I need him to throw to the other. Okay, so we will be watching it as best as we can as we get into the scores and picks that we have for this this week five that we have slated. The first matchup, and, and I want you to analyst as much as I want to just say let's cruise by, but I can't. I got to be fair. I got to be fair because last year, 2021, this game got me in trouble week one. The Pittsburgh Steelers are back to the scene of the crime up against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are 3-1. and one. The Steelers are 1-3. and three. The Bills are favored by 14. In this matchup, Mike, who do you like in this matchup and why? I like Buffalo. I mean, I just think they're the better squad. I think it's really um, interesting, and I don't know if it's a good interesting, that this is the game that they're going to give Kenny Pickett his first start, like uh, trial by fire for sure. Like, okay, if you show up and you show that you can compete in this game, even if this team doesn't win, then you further solidify yourself as probably the starting quarterback moving forward. Uh, for this team, but this is a very, very tough matchup. I thought that uh, I thought that Pittsburgh would at least wait past this game with Trubisky having been a little bit familiar with Buffalo from spending some time there. 
but they did not. They pulled the plug and went with Pickett, so we'll see what happens. Um, I think that Pittsburgh will probably perform a little bit better with Pickett under center, but I just think Buffalo has a little bit too much firepower. I don't know. I think 14 points is a lot of points. Uh, you know, with quarterback kind of blood in the water, uh, but I, I Buffalo wins this game. Now, the reason why I'm being cautious, because like I said, uh, it has to be less than 365 days ago, but nevertheless, this game took place week one, and I said the same thing about the Bills last year. It was in Buffalo. I said there's no way the Steelers got a shot to win this game, and I still remember the score. I think it was 20-19, to 19, if I'm not mistaken. The Steelers won, and Ben Roethlisberger was off and running into his final season, and they beat Josh Allen and company. Um, I'm trying to be cautious about this as I can. I agree with you, Mike. I think the Bills are the better team. I'm going with the Bills for the fun purposes of this. The 14-point spread, I feel, is in jeopardy. I think the Steelers actually cover the 14. Don't make me look bad, Pittsburgh, because I know that this can potentially happen, especially the way the offense has been questionable. Uh, Pickett gets out there. I feel like that offense feels better when they have Pickett out there. But nevertheless, I feel like the Bills are – going to try and experiment a lot of stuff. They're bringing up a receiver as well that they had actually cut, but they kept him on the practice roster. They're bringing him up to actually suit up today, and this is actually Josh Allen's best friend. So um, I know he'll try to get him involved into the offense as well. So I'm actually paying attention to this game just for the purpose of not watching the Steelers let this get out of hand. But I favor the Bills, and I don't want to look bad. I've seen this happen to me with this same matchup last season. Uh, the next matchup I have are the Los Angeles Chargers going into Cleveland up against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Mike, who do you like in this matchup and why? The Chargers are favored by two points in Cleveland. You know, this is a this is a tough game to pick because the Chargers really underperformed a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm I'm not necessarily super impressed with Cleveland. I feel like that they're, you know, just trying to hold serve until they can get their quarterback back. Um, you know, they're two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. I want to see if the Chargers can stop the run and if Cleveland cannot get behind the eight ball in this game. I'm going to pick Cleveland at home uh, because of that running back tandem and because uh, maybe Amari Cooper can do enough um, you know, in the passing game to sort of keep them balanced. I feel like this is a game that could go either way, and it wouldn't shock me one way or the other. As I look through this week's uh, slate of games, uh, this is one of the toughest ones to pick for me. Uh, but I'm going to go with Cleveland just because they're at home. This is a very tough game to pick. Um, the crazy part about this situation is, I'm actually somewhat agreeing with you. I think Cleveland could pull this off at home, but I don't want to go against Herbert and company too because I feel like their offense could be effective up against a Browns team that is still – their defense has to figure themselves out, especially since what happened to Garrett. Um, I, I just want to see if they could keep this together and stay above 500. Somebody's going to be below. Somebody's going to be above 500. At the end of this game, I am going to go with – I'll go against the grain. I'll go with the Chargers. I think the Chargers get this figured out. This is going to be a nail-biter. I don't think he falls below 500, let alone in the AFC West, where he has to keep pace with actually some interesting guns out there in that division. The next matchup we have are the Chicago Bears going into Minnesota up against the Vikings. 
The Vikings are favored by seven and a half in Minneapolis. I'll go first on this one. I'm going with the Vikings, and I think the Vikings cover. I think this is going to be an interesting game for the Bears to try to figure out a division rival while their engines are going to be revved up going up against this Bears team as well. If Fields could actually get out and still make uh, plays on the run, which they try to feature him getting bootleg or getting him mobile to make this defense actually work a little harder, I think the Bears can make it interesting. But if not, I think the Vikings cruise in this matchup uh, going to 4-1 and one on the season. Mike, who do you like in this matchup, Bears or Vikings in Minneapolis? Uh, I like the Vikings, and they better get Justin Fields out of the pocket and let him roll out because that, that offensive line is not very good. Minnesota's tough up front. Uh, you know, the the one thing that I'm really interested to see with this with this game today um, and another one that we're going to cover here in a couple minutes uh, is Minnesota did not get the bye week. Uh, most times when these teams play in London, they get a bye week the next week, so all that travel all the way back and then having to prepare for another game. Uh, I just want to, you know, hope we'll see if, if we have tired legs or if we have, you know, we, we see it in the fourth quarter in this game. Uh, I just think that Minnesota is a more complete team with a better roster. Uh, Dalvin Cook looks like survived, you know, an injury scare was around last week. So uh, I think Minnesota gets this done. I also think that they cover uh, – I, I do think that it, it's hard to see, but I, I think we have seen some progress uh, from Justin Fields this year. I just think that the Bears aren't, don't really have the pieces around him for him to be uh, successful yet. So uh, I think the Vikings in this game as well. Okay, the next matchup we have are the Seahawks going up against the Saints. This is taking place in New Orleans. The Saints are favored by five at home. And the Seahawks come off an interesting win up against the Lions. Uh, they are now at 500. Where even me myself, I'll say me. There's others too, but I'll just say me. I didn't think the Seahawks would have a successful season. They are actually in the thick of things with the departure of Russell Wilson. Uh, I'll go first because Mike is the resident Saints fans here. Um, I think New Orleans wins this game, but I don't think they cover. I think this is going to be one of these nail biter games. It's going to come down to the wire. I think it's going to be tied. I think the Saints get the ball late and kick a field goal, win this type of game. I feel like this game has that written all over it. While a lot of people still don't think Geno is that guy, and uh, Geno's actually been surprisingly decent at this point. I can't say bad. I won't say bad at all. I can't fit bad with him, but I'll say decent for this point in time. Uh, Mike, who do you like in this matchup? Seahawks or your Saints? You guys are favored by five. I think the Saints bounce back and win today. You know, I thought they – their defense showed some fight and a bend not break sort of in, in Minnesota They you know, they were uh, a little bit more spin on the ball away from forcing overtime last week against a pretty good Minnesota Vikings team. Uh, I thought, you know, Andy Dawson kind of held things down uh, without Jameis. I just think that the Saints are uh, a more complete team, even though it hasn't shown. We don't have uh, Michael Thomas playing today. Uh, Alave's been uh, performing, though. Kamara's supposed to be back. So, hey, listen, I'm I'm impressed with what Gino has done, too, and I think that uh, Gino performs pretty well in this game as well. Uh, but I think the Saints find a way to, to eke it out, and they better because uh, if, if this team goes to one and four, there's going to be a whole lot of questions that need to be answered. The question for me in this game is two words and also a nickname outside of the two words. 
Well, I'll do the nickname first. The what they call him, the Red Rocket, right? The Red Rocket and Andy Dalton are the two words. I want to see what he can do. Jameis is Red still rifle. out. Red Rifle, okay. So Red Rifle, Red Rocket. You better show me that that you got a gun. You better do something because um, Jameis is still out. Hopefully he can man the ship and uh, help put a win on the board because Andy Dalton has declined. I really, I want to say ever since he's left Cincinnati. So. Prove to me that you could help this team win a game that you should be able to win in the desperity of putting another win on the board at one and three. Uh, speaking of one and three, I have the, the one and three Super Bowl for me. The Detroit Lions going up against the New England Patriots in Foxborough, Massachusetts. The Patriots are favored by three. Both teams are one and three. Both of them cannot afford to lose this game, and both of them have issues in, in their respective organizations. Mike, who do you like in this game and why, the Lions or the Patriots? I like the Lions in this game, man, even on the road. And I'll tell you why. That that offense is explosive. They're playing well. I, you know, unless I'm mistaken, it's not super cold up in the Northeast today. Uh, but, you know, that still kind of concerns me about golf and, and really cold weather games. I know that uh, the Patriots kind of hang their hat on defense and – but that Patriots uh, offense has not been able to do a whole lot. And so I think that uh, the Lions defense can do enough to get that done. Um, you know, I expected I expected the Lions to win a week ago, um, and I expect them to win again today. I, I just think they're going to uh, – I think they're going to bounce back. You know, that, what they put up last week, 41 points and still dropped it. So, I mean, I, I think they're going to still be – I think they're going to put up points. I think that that's the one thing that I'm convinced about is the Detroit Lions are going to put up points week after week. And I don't think the Patriots have enough offensive firepower to match that. So um, I think the Lions win in Foxborough and send Bill Belichick to a one and four start. This is a very interesting game for me because of one person and that one person being Matthew Patricia. Um, the way that he left the organization kind of in shambles, um, tried to bring that Patriot way there and got rid of a lot of our star players. And now that he's left, Detroit has definitely turned the corner, at least offensively. The defense is, you know, a, the, the worst Achilles heel at the worst part of time, while Detroit is actually the best offense in the NFL at this point in time. The thing that actually scares me about this game, especially the Lions, the over-under is at 46 and a half. The Lions have been putting up – they're averaging 35 points a game. And at their low, I think they lost the game 24 to 28 this season. I think that was the low. And it's like, okay, so if they even put up like 24 and the the Patriots put up 27, that's still 50. So it's like something's, something's fishy here, especially with the score here. Uh, I, I just want to see if – Detroit to keep that going, and and not 41, Mike. They put up 45 last week. The Lions put up 45 just to keep that offense going crazy. A, a six-touchdown score game and still lost that game by three points. Um, the, the, the ruggedness of this game is knowing that Belichick's first job in the NFL was with the Detroit Lions, so there's, there's already history here. Every time we play, it's always something. And uh, Patricia and, and the Lions organization and how Quinn and them kind of shook things up in Michigan and knowing that Detroit's trying to turn the corner after. But the biggest question mark for me for the Detroit side of the ball is Aaron Glenn. 
Um, Aaron Glenn's job is on the line. He cannot sit there and have this defense be 32nd ranked, especially after being in hard knocks in the HBO and having the defense look decent, and they still can't stop anybody. And he's a he's a, uh, a pro cornerback at one point, and he's not proving that. Uh, there's been statements from Dan Campbell saying that they may do something to shake this defense up. I think we will see at the end of this game if it does get worse. Of course, I'm wearing my helmet, my hat, my heart is on uh, my sleeve. I'm going with the Lions to pull this off. Interesting enough, I, it, it's always a lie. It's a lion theater. It, it, this is like uh, Beethoven or Shakespeare or uh, think of a play. Anything goes or uh, meet me in St. Louis. This is the Lions. Every game, every Sunday, you're going to sweat it out no matter what. If they got the lead in the fourth or somebody's coming back, will they score? Will they score? Or, or the Lions are down a touchdown. And they can't score a touchdown. They need a field goal. Like It's always like that. It never cruise. Never have to leave first quarter on. Never. So always got to be to the edge of your seat. Get your popcorn ready. It's that type of theater. Everybody's surrounded by me and what I'm watching. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm, I am got my hat on. I got my hat on. The next matchup I have, an interesting division rivalry game. The 3-1 and one Dolphins carry their talents to New Jersey up against the Jets. The Jets are now sitting at 2-2. Two and two. The Dolphins are favored by 3.5 without Tua today. Um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins to win this one and keep things at at bay within that division with the Bills. I think they win this one. This is going to be an interesting game, though. I don't think they blow the Jets out. I think the Jets are going to make this an interesting game, but I'm going Miami to win this game in New Jersey. Mike, who do you have in this matchup, the Dolphins or the Jets? I agree with you. I got the Dolphins. I think even with uh, Bridgewater at quarterback, just too many weapons. I, I do think the Jets are improved, and I think the Jets will make it uh, will make it close. But uh, I think the Dolphins just have a little too much, and they find a way to win today. I just want to see if they can hold this down without them. This is this is truly interesting to see how they can, you know, get Teddy to get involved. And it's always Teddy always gets a job. And I remember the run that he had in New Orleans where he won five games. And they just was going to put Drew in there regardless. It's like the offense looks good whether he's there or not, and, and now you're in a situation where he has to hold down this team while they have a good offense in, in the middle of things in the AFC East at this point in time up against a Jets team that's trying to find an identity, uh, but nevertheless pulling off wins as well. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins to pull this off. Teddy, the lights are on you, and you're at home from Miami, Florida at that. The next matchup we have are the – Atlanta Falcons going into Tampa Bay up against the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are now 2-2. Two and two. The Atlanta Falcons are now 2-2. Two and two. Um, I'm going to go with Thomas. The Bucks are favored by 10. Do they cover? Let me have that type of fun. I'm going to say yes. I think the Buccaneers do cover the 10. I think they'll probably win by the 13 or 14. I don't think this is one of those 20-point or better blowouts. If they blow the Falcons out like that, then we know what the Falcons truly are. But the Falcons have actually been keeping pace with a lot of teams across the board. Uh, Mike, who do you like in this matchup, Falcons or Buccaneers in your division, the NFC South? I like the Bucks, but I think it's going to be close. Uh, I, I think the – so I, I would not take the points. I don't I don't feel confident enough to bet on that. Uh, <laughs> but since you asked about covering, uh, then I, I'm going to say the, the Bucks win, but the Falcons cover. Uh, the Bucks still have uh, some questions. Uh, to answer for me, right? Um, as far as that offense has still kind of had some trouble getting going. They did put up 31 last week. 
uh, in that matchup with with the Chiefs, uh, but they still got to continue to try to get people back healthy and right and ready to go. Uh, I, I don't think that we've seen them, uh, you know, obviously at their best. Just Goblin got back last week, and so he should be, you know, uh, healthier today. So, you you know, what, Brady is finally starting to get his, uh, his weapons back. So, uh, you know, I, I think that we'll see a, a good performance from them today. Uh, but I think the Falcons will hang in there and make it interesting. Uh, but I think the Bucks win. Okay, so you don't have to do it. I just said just to make it fun. I'm just, like, trying to – I know if I'm picking money line, it's easy to pick the Buccaneers to win that game. But just to make it fun, I'm just like, they're 10 points. If something Vegas is up to, they're saying that they're going to blow them out. It's like I feel better with them in Tampa to try to pull this off while he's starting to get some of the weapons back. And Tampa and Atlanta, uh, they're down Cordero Patterson. They're, you know, they're X factor all across the board, whether the receiving game or in the running game. Uh, we have to see if Marcus Mariota could actually do as best as possible with his offense up against a Buccaneers team that has to get this thing going uh, at this point in time. I'm, I'm going to favor the Bucks. The next matchup is a very interesting one. It's a pick em at that. The Tennessee Titans are 2-2 two and two at this point in time. And the commanders are one and three. This is a pick 'em, everybody. Um, Mike, I'll let you go first. The Tennessee Titans or the Washington Commanders? Who do you like in this matchup and why? Uh, for the first time this year, I'm going to pick the Titans. Uh, <laughs> I think I picked against them almost every week this year. Um, I'm still not super impressed with them, but and and I think that what the Titans really need to get things going is Derrick Henry, right? If, if Derrick Henry gets off to, you know, has a good game or gets off to a good start, then, you know, that's the recipe for success for the Titans. Um, at the end of the day, I don't really trust either one of them. Um, I, but I may trust Ryan Tannehill a little bit more than, uh, than Carson Wentz, uh, to be honest with you. But I, I think the Titans eat this out. I think this is going to be one of the ugliest games in the uh uh, played today. I actually think Vegas is up to something. I'm going with Washington to pull this off. Uh, and enter, and my heart is involved, and I'm clapping. I really want to give him a round of applause. Brian Robinson has been activated for this game. If you don't know what happened to Brian Robinson a few weeks ago, probably a little under a month, he was well, a robbery attempt was happened toward him, and they shot him twice. Um, he is recovered and he is back and he's on the roster ready to play and they're in D.C. or or better yet, Maryland, really. They're not really in D.C. But I want his first carry. I don't even care if if they stop him in the backfield, if it's a loss of yards. Clap for that man. Clap for him because that's a a life-threatening situation that he got shot. And and he's a rookie at that, like trying to make a name for himself by the grace of God that he's out there. I'm, I'm going with the commanders, not just because of that reason, but that is a part of the the push or the sway for me at this point in time. And I think the Titans can make this interesting. All eyes are on Tannehill at this point in time. Of course, I know what Derrick Henry brings to the table, but I have to see if Tannehill can actually be impressive still with not the guns that he had last year. You don't have the same court of receivers around him. So can he get this done on the road up against the commander's team who's willing to get another win on the board? Um, the next match that we have are the – this is an interesting one – the Houston Texans on the road in Jacksonville up against the Jaguars in the AFC South matchup. The Jaguars are favored by seven. Mike, who do you like in this matchup and why? Uh, 
I like the Jags, man. Like, uh, you know, we've talked about them a few times, you know, on our shows. Um, I'm impressed with the early returns um, for the Jags with Doug Peterson as the coach there and what he's been able to bring. It's amazing uh, what a good coach does uh, for a franchise. And then you also add to that that you, you know, Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be this really highly touted quarterback coming out. And, um, you know, listen, he he's shown some progression uh, from year one to year two for sure um, at the quarterback position. But I – I feel bad for Lovey uh, in some ways that uh, that team is, doesn't really have a ton of weapons, and they have uh, kind of been behind the eight ball all year uh, so far uh, this season. So I, I just think that Jacksonville is, is probably the better squad, and Jacksonville wins and continues with their surprising season. I agree with you. I'm going with Jacksonville as well. I think Jacksonville wins this game even with the spread. I think they'll cover the spread at home and, and having this crowd engage. These guys are now sitting at two and two. They can threaten to be above 500. They have not had this happen in quite some time. I'm going with Sunshine and Trevor Lawrence and company. He's been able to be impressive in year two. I was a little too early last year thinking that this could potentially happen in his rookie season, but at least he's getting it done now and doesn't have the full utility of receivers that is, you know, at his fingertips, but he's still getting it done, nevertheless. I'm I'm going with the Jags to get it done as well. Interesting game at 4 o'clock. The Niners go across the country to Carolina up against the Panthers, in which the Niners are favored by 6.5 at a 4 o'clock start. This is basically a, a, a West Coast start for them, uh, prime time in Carolina, but we'll see how this pans out. I'll go first. I'm going with the Niners to win and cover. I'm going to give them to the win this game by more than a touchdown, if Baker could prove that him and McCaffrey and, and Anderson can get this thing done, then I'm I'm here eating pro some more. But it's just something about this Carolina Panthers team that just does not push me over the edge to believe that they are comfortable with what they have there. And Baker is still on another saga of figuring out the NFL. It's not getting done in Charlotte as good as they would want it to be or with Donald behind them. I'm going with the Niners to get things going in this matchup. Mike, who do you like in this game? Niners or Panthers? So I like the uh, Niners as well. I think that uh, last week I feel like uh, with their performance against the Rams and playing the way they did, um, I feel like that that Jimmy G sort of started to settle in uh, a little bit. Uh, You know, it always takes a little bit of time, especially when you look at that he didn't really – play any in the preseason and all the time leading up to this game. So I thought he kind of sort of got his legs under him last week. I thought they played pretty well. Um, listen, their their defense is pretty solid as well. So uh, I think they win. Shout out to Quick from the Barbershop, man. He always calls upsets. And this is this was his game uh, this week. He he picked the uh, the Panthers. I just and, – and maybe with a noon start, uh, you know, 1 o'clock Eastern time start, you know, which would be 10 a.m. out there in California. I might have leaned more towards it or really sort of uh, gone with it. But I, I think that uh, in this situation, I think the Niners do win uh, against Carolina. 
Fair enough. We are both on the same page. Another interesting matchup at 4 p.m. or 425, excuse me, the Dallas Cowboys take their talents to Los Angeles, California, up against Matt Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are favored by five and a half in SoFi. Mike, who do you like in this matchup, Cowboys or Rams? I'm going with the Rams, man. I think they're not very happy uh, from what, you know, after uh, what happened to them a week ago. I do think that, uh, you know, Stafford is starting to get uh, exposed a little bit to to who he really he is, who he thought he was, as, uh, you know, the late great Denny Green said. Uh, they are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. Well, uh, I, I don't think that uh, the Cowboys are going to be let off the hook today. Uh, listen, they have uh, – they found the recipe to win uh, as far as leaning on that run game and that kind of thing. That I, and Cooper Rush has, you know, kind of held things down best as possible uh, without, you know, without Dak on that team. Um, and they've done, you know, better than expected. We looked at their schedule when Dak went out and said they got some tough matchups. And this was one of them. Uh, I think that uh, the Rams went at home. And, and Cooper Rush takes his uh, takes a loss as a starting quarterback for the Cowboys today. This is a very interesting matchup because I feel like both of them are in a desperate situation. Not really the Cowboys being desperate. They're not desperate because they're sitting atop the NFC East at this point in time. But I don't think nobody believes where they are at this point in time while Cooper Rush is still manning the ship and they're waiting for Dak to get back. Uh, I think Cooper Rush actually keeps this thing going uh, as best as possible. But, um, I agree with you. I think the Rams actually win this game at home. If they lose this game at home, I want all the cameras and everybody to get right back in front of that GM, McVay, and Stafford. I want I want y'all to get all in front of them because they'll be under 500. He's, he's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns this season, and nobody's making a, a gawk at it. They're not saying anything about it. Pay attention to what's going on in Los Angeles. I'm going to go with the Rams too, but I am watching this severely close to see if – one, the Rams do lose this game, and how bad of a loss is this is, and if Stafford does turn the ball over, and that being a portion of why they lose this game. Um, their defense has issues, too. They do have to figure things out defensively, too. Their hands are full up against this uh, Cowboy offense as well. Uh, the last of the 4 o'clock games are the Philadelphia Eagles going into the toaster up against the Arizona Cardinals, in which the Eagles are favored by 5.5 going to Arizona. Mike, who do you like in this matchup, Philly or Arizona? Sorry, I did it again. Mark, I did. think uh, Philly – yeah, I, I did it again. My bad. I think Philly wins this game. Uh, Arizona's won a couple games that I did not expect them to. Uh, but I think uh, this is a tough matchup. Jalen Hurts is playing pretty well with all those receivers. I just don't think uh, Arizona can match that. I, I think that once the Cardinals get uh, DeAndre Hopkins back, that's going to be helpful. Uh, that line is still not very good, and that Eagles defense has played pretty well. Uh, early this year, so uh, I like the Eagles to take their uh, to take their show on the road, and and uh, and the big toaster still fly Eagles fly, and I think they're going to uh, take care of the Cardinals today. The only unbeaten team in the NFL at this point in time. I agree with Mike. I'm going with the Eagles to have the fun portion with it. Five and a half. I think they get it covered. I think the Eagles' offensive line might be a bit much for the Arizona Cardinals defensive line, if they can enforce their will, um, I think it's going to be hard for J.J. Watt and company to actually 
get involved and be effective up against a good running game and a, a passing game that's slowly getting better. And uh, Jalen Hurts proving that he should be in the discussion of the quarterbacks to watch this season. I'm going with Philadelphia. Uh, the last of the Sunday night games, we have the Cincinnati Bengals going up against their division rival in the Baltimore Ravens. We will be waiting all night for Sunday night football. Mike, who do you like in this matchup? Cincinnati or Baltimore in the bank and Baltimore's favorite by three. You know, uh, I'm going to go with Baltimore. I think Cincinnati beat them twice last year. Uh, but I'm going to go with Baltimore at home. Uh, listen, Cincy's bounced back, won a couple games, good for them. And I think that, you know, that they may still be heard from in this division race. Uh, Baltimore getting off to, to such a fast start, you know, they, they did lose uh, they did lose close to Miami and, and Buffalo. Uh, so, but Baltimore being at home, I, I like what I've seen out of uh, Lamar Jackson so far this year. Uh, and also Baltimore is really stout up front defensively. Their secondary leaves a little bit to be desired, so uh, they better get home when they're pressuring Joe Burrow like a lot of teams have, as he's already taken a ton of sacks already this year. As long as they can get home uh, and, and get to Joe Burrow and, and you know hit him or sack him a few times, I think they win this game. Uh, the the Baltimore secondary has you know had its struggles. We saw uh, Miami's receivers go off on them, and and we know that Cincinnati has the the receivers uh, to match up well. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I I'm not sure that Cincinnati uh, can stop Lamar and and that offense. So I'm going to say Baltimore wins close. Uh, you said it's a three even. I don't know that I would bet it because it's probably going to end up a push. I think it's just probably a field goal game at the end. And uh, Baltimore is the best kicker in the league. So uh, I'm going to go with Baltimore by a field goal today, and then we'll see later on in the year. But I think Baltimore wins at home. Yeah, you mentioned Justin Tucker, and the worst part about it is Harbaugh don't even believe in him. Like, this guy is the best kicker in the league, and you don't even give him an opportunity to go out there. But – Here's where I'm, I'm going to go with the Ravens as well. I'm going with you. But the, here's the reason why, and I hate to kind of put the light on him. This game right here can actually help Lamar start getting people to notice what he's doing. Like, he's on an MVP movement this season. They're still not giving him credit. I think that this game up against a Bengals team that swept him last year uh, is a start. I think Baltimore has to get this done. It's a division rivalry game. Sunday night football, everybody's watching I'm going with Lamar to do it on a nationally televised game, and everybody's waiting to see who is the guy in the AFC North. Is it Lamar or is it Joseph? I'm going with Lamar, even though me and Joseph share the same birthday, and I found a love for him because he's a December 10th kid. So I'm I'm going with Lamar, but Joseph is still talented in his own right. Okay, so the last game we have is Monday Night Football, Mike. Before we run out of here, we have the Las Vegas Raiders going up against their division rival and the division leader at this point in time, the Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you like in this matchup and why, the Raiders or the Chiefs? I like the Chiefs, man. I, I think that they made a statement. Uh, I think they made a statement last week going into Tampa. Uh, that Tampa defense has been pretty solid, and they put up 41. Uh, Mahomes is developing chemistry with his guys. Um, that Chiefs team, you know, like I said, going into the year, um, they are the kingpins of that division until somebody knocks them off. 
Um, you know, they, they, they've dropped one game so far this year to Indianapolis. I'm still not sure how that happened. Uh, but I, uh, I just think the Chiefs are, are better. The Raiders, it was nice to see them kind of get off the snide last week and, and get a win up against the Broncos. Uh, they're, you know, one and three now. Uh, I think they probably, I think they probably dropped to one and four today uh, or tomorrow night. And I, I just, I haven't seen enough out of the Raiders to think that they are talented enough or good enough right now to beat the Chiefs. I agree. I'm going with the Chiefs to win this game. They're in Arrowhead. I think this is a lot for the Raiders to go in there and start causing confusion for a Chiefs team that actually has had their number for quite some time. Unless Derek Carr and Devontae figure something out over this past week that has gone by, they're going to have to pull this magic in which the Raiders do get back Hunter Renfro. This is interesting to see if he can give them a go and at least be effective up against the secondary where the Chiefs do have their issues defensively. But I still think uh, the Chiefs do as much as they can to keep this thing under wraps and knock off the Raiders and uh, push them to a one and four start in this season. Um, okay, so we are at the tail end of the show. Mike, is there anything else that you'd like to address before we get out of here? Nah, man. Uh, other than, man, just uh, as you always say, get your popcorn ready, stay tuned. Uh, very entertaining slate of games uh, today and tomorrow. Watch that last wild card game, and then uh, obviously we got the uh, the, the division series uh, starting this week. As you said, college football is getting hot and heavy. Lots of cool things going on in sports, and then we're just a week and a half away uh, from the start of the NBA season. Hockey getting going as well, so uh, lots of cool things in the sports world to follow. And then uh, I'll save all the other stuff. Uh, I'll save all the other stuff for my closeouts, man. Uh, but uh, some keep, keep an eye out for some interesting things going on in, in, in the fight world as well, man. But uh, it, it's always a pleasure to sit down with you on uh, on Sunday mornings and chop it up, TP, and talk about all the things going on. So thanks again for letting me be your co-host, my friend. Okay, I do want to get that out because I know by the time we talk next week, we will be covering the aftermath of it. I'm glad that you brought that up. I can get the quick five minutes in. Who do you like in that fight with Deontay Wilder going up against Hellenius? And this guy's actually been impressive, uh, taking care of the uh, the Polish kid out of Brooklyn. He he dropped him two different times when that Polish kid was undefeated. He stopped him and basically took his whole aura away from him. And Deontay Wilder is trying to get that revenge path ever since uh, Tyson Fury took the air out of his sails. Uh, who do you like in that upcoming fight? I like Deontay, man. I think he's going to bounce back. I think uh, Tyson Fury is a is a different kind of problem at the heavyweight, you know, in the heavyweight division. Um, you know, just that height and that reach and, and just the the way he moves. But I I think Deontay starts back on his redemption tour. I think this is you know a a good matchup for him. Like it's you know it's not a uh, it's not just some random boxer. It's not just whoever they could get to take a fight with him. He is fighting somebody of substance, and it takes wins like that to really uh, get back into sort of, uh, you know, the the highest levels of the division. So I think Deontay's going to make a statement next weekend, man. I, I think he's going to take care of business. I agree. I'm going with you. I think Deontay has to win this fight, if not retire. 
and this is the bad part about it, this guy, Hellenius, is not only as tall as him, has a good reach, but he's a boxer too. So it's like this is what actually makes it tough for Deontay. If Deontay could catch him with that looping punch, whether it's a right or a left, if he has power in both hands, then he'll win the fight. But if if this is one of those bouts where he has to box, this is where the problem lies for him, and I want to see him turn the corner. Um, he's got new trainers in his corner to try and help him become more of a boxer and not be a slugfest type of fighter. I'm going with Deontay to get this done. I feel bad for him ever since the Fury fight. I, I think a lot of his whole fandom has left him other than us. As well, not just to say me or you. I'm just, I'll say, I'll speak on behalf of me, of uh, living in the gladiator form and wanting to see knockouts all the time and not seeing the true sweet signs of how people can win a fight, even when they're, they're in front of a Goliath. So, I'm I'm going to see if Deontay could get back into the ring ring and do things and um you know see if he could get back into this you know realm of whether it's Joshua I don't even know how long Fury's going because Fury's in and out of the the ranks if he wants to box or not but he's gonna fight Anthony Joshua and Usyk so on the way he can't even beat Usyk so well, well he hasn't fought in Usyk so Usyk is the champ too so this is interesting to see if Deontay could get in that that lottery if you will of the heavyweight realm. Well, I'm going with Deontay to get it done. If he loses this fight, he could hang that those bronze those bronze bomber gloves up and do what you need to do. Okay, so Mike, we are at the tail end of the show. I need to plug, close out anything that you like to promote as we shut the doors here at the brunch on a Sunday. Yeah, man. Uh, so first of all, PHI Apparel. We played that at the beginning of the show, but check them out. All your Philly clothing needs. Listen, Eagles still undefeated. Uh, Philly's going into the division series. Uh, this week against the Braves, and we'll see if I make a friendly bet uh, with somebody on this. I'm, I may have to buy something uh, Philly if, if the if the Phillies knock off the Braves. So we'll see uh, what happens there. But definitely visit uh, them for all your Philly clothing needs. And now with the Sixers and the uh, Flyers about to get their season started, so uh, anybody wants to represent uh, the city of brotherly love. Check them out, man. Check out the barbershop on Clubhouse, man. We're 13,000 strong. We may be to 14 now. I haven't looked at the number lately. Uh, but we're continuing to grow, having rooms every every day uh, in the evening times and, and sometimes during the day as well. And obviously live, uh, we're on live during NFL and college football games and on the primetime games as well. So even if you're out and about and you don't have a chance to watch it or whatever and you want to know what's going on or hear some commentary on the game, uh, pop by and check it out with us. We talk about sports. We have, you know, comfortable, uncomfortable conversations. Uh, we talk about things in life as well. Uh, but come be part of our barbershop family on Clubhouse. Also, uh, listen, the chefs have been uh, getting some work done on the website, Finger Foods, blogs, sportscitychefs.com. Check out the website, the blogs, everything we got going on. And check out our other shows. We've got the NFL Free For All on Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. We have the uh, Callers Cookout on Wednesday nights, Timeless versus the Villain, where good always wins. Uh, and so that's our 9 o'clock Eastern time on Wednesday nights where we chop it up and talk about everything in the sporting world. Then, of course, the uh, the flagship show on Sunday mornings with uh, the Timeless one himself. And, and, you know, I'm lucky enough to be alongside. So, uh, And then most importantly, man, thanks to all of our all of our listeners, man, without, without you guys, without people to download or click and subscribe to our content, then it would be any need for us to be here. So uh, check out our site. And remember, you can also listen to us on Alexa, any of your smart speakers, anything like that. Just ask it. Play Sports City Chefs. It'll pull it right up, and uh, it'll tell you the episode number. So 
you hear that number and if you wanted to, you know, check out the, the cookout or the NFL free for all, then just, you know, subtract a number or two from it. So, uh, and you can just ask it to play that specific number episode. So definitely check out all the uh, content that we're putting out there, man, and be part of our, uh, be part of our community on clubhouse and on sports city chefs, man. And, you know, hey, Tigers took it on the chin yesterday. We got uh, got Florida next week, see if they can bounce back. But in the meantime and in between time, until we chat again, man, like the same Louisiana, Louisiana, Les Bons on Roulette. I got it under the wing. I know how to say it now. Sports City, check us out all week long. We got stuff popping off. The Crossover Cafe will be back soon, especially while this preseason is going through some interesting changes. And I definitely got my eyes set on Draymond Green. I want to see how the the Warriors handle this situation. They can't dodge this bullet, especially the way that that video leaked. Um, Draymond has to be better than that. And, And I've always been up and down about him. I was up about him when he was in college. But after he started winning in the league, it's like, you're building up a characteristic that you've never had. Now you're at a point where I think the Warriors have had enough. I feel sorry for you, Draymond, at this point in time, but I think they'll hang on to you for this season. But when it's time to re-sign you, I think they're closing the book on Draymond Green. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the Chefs again, and if they don't know, now they know. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City, Chefs. City chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the sports city chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports city, sports city, chef you, chef you. Uh-huh.